Good morning, everyone. Would you stand with me? How's everybody doing today? Ready to worship? I'm going to read a quick uh, verse from Psalm 33. And it says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. I'm going to say that again. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people he chose for his inheritance from heaven the Lord looks down and sees all mankind. From his dwelling place he watches all who live on earth, he who forms the hearts of all, who considers everything they do. Let's pray for a second. Dear Lord, we thank you, God, that um, because we choose you, we are blessed in every way. So thank you for the inheritance that we have in you, and thank you for the coming of your Savior, that he came for us. God, we're so humbled by that, and we thank you that we get to celebrate your birthday this season. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're going to start with a, a quick uh, Christmas carol called Hark the Herald Angels Sing. So join in with us. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and some of you who maybe are my friend on Facebook know that Christmas is like my favorite and I start planning for it in October and I can't wait and I plan activities every single day for my kids and us to do together and it looks like a Hallmark movie. But this year, I'm gonna be honest with you, has been a bit of a train wreck. <laughs> um, almost every activity I've planned, somebody's cried or someone's fought or I've gotten frustrated and stormed out of the room. So. I, I was kind of like getting discouraged, like Christmas is like not magical anymore, what is going on? And this morning on our way to church we were listening to some Christmas music and my son was like, well what is this song even about? And I was like, well it's about how we should be so joyful that, that God sent Jesus to be born so that we can live in heaven with him forever. And it was just like a smack in the face, like stop trying so hard to make it magical. I've already done it, but that was me. And so I just want to encourage you that if your Christmas is going perfect, right on. And if you're like me and we're crying and just like drudging through it, trying to make it special, um, he's still with us, even in our failures as a parent or whatever. So just join me. Let's pray over our service together, and then we'll jump back into worship. Father God, I thank you so much for your forgiveness and for your understanding in our shortcomings, Lord God. And I just praise you that you loved us enough to send your son to earth so that we could come to know you personally, Lord, and that we would never have to be apart from you. So God, I just pray that you would help us all to remember the true meaning of, of this season and enjoy it to the fullest, but knowing that you deserve all the glory, Lord God. So we love you and we praise you and we give you this morning just to focus on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Like a bride waiting 
Your glory for you are 
microphone right here. We don't have the other one, so you just know. We're going to um, do that. You, Some of you clapped, and sometimes you wondered, oh, am I supposed to clap after a worship song? Am I clapping for Bethany? Am I clapping? What am I? We're clapping for Jesus, right? And I loved to, um, Jack Hayford used to lead his church in this often. He would say, no, no, we're not clapping like that. We're clapping to agree that we believe what we believe. It was a moment. It was a, something in the Old Testament where they clapped to agree and so i'm going to ask you all just to stand to your feet just for it's just for as long as this clap lasts all right and what you're doing when you do this is you're clapping to agree that you think that jesus deserves all of our glory all right so do you agree with that today let's give him praise okay hallelujah how many agree with us say amen Amen. You may be seated. We don't have a lot to clap about in, in Colorado in, in football season. Would you continue to play? Um, go back to that song, Even So Come. It was lovely. I love this worship set. I didn't really recognize it, some of the songs earlier, and I was like, mm -hmm. and it just went together. So I want to say the word lovely. I don't say that word very much, but it went together lovely, didn't it? It just did. It talks about everything that we're talking about today. And um, the song that she's playing now is not what I'm going to talk about. But I think in probably in 2015, if Jesus had come to earth as a baby, the angels would have not sang glory to God on the highest. Uh, his, uh, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor Prince. I know they didn't say that at that time, but they were prophets. They were, they were completing the prophecy. When they said glory to God on the highest, I think they would have sang uh, wonder, what a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. Uh, that was a song that kind of swept the church. Maybe it wasn't 15, maybe it was 2012, I don't know. But when Jesus came to earth, if he would have come then, that's what they would have been singing. What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. There is no rival. It was like this. Everybody look up here so you see me. It's easy to see me with this, all right? I can wear it once a year, so this is my time. But seriously... The angels were singing glory to God in the highest. They could have been singing what a wonderful name it is. And I think they would have said, they were almost saying, there's no rival, folks. I will sing it to the heavens. I will shout it to the mountaintops. There is no rival. There is no equal to Jesus who is being born. I know you think he's just a baby, but he's going to grow up. And he's going to do something pretty amazing. And you have no idea. Glory to God in the highest. And Jesus would say to you today, or the angels would say to you today, 
I don't know what you're going through, but I want to shout from the heavens because I know you don't know, you don't understand, but I will do it as an angel. I'm not the angel, but this is what the angels might say. Glory to God in the highest. You don't understand how good he's going to be to you. Let me shout into your whispers. Let me shout into your questions. Let me shout into your doubt. Let me shout into your lack of joy. And let me help you to understand there is joy to the world. It is going to be great. It's not going to look great at first. It's going to look kind of, kind of, um, oh, what's going on here? Jesus, there was no room for him. Oh, what is going? It's not going to look great at first. Oh, there was no place for Mary and Joseph. They have the baby and then they want to kill the baby oh this is not looking good so they run away to another land and then Jesus grows up and then they want to kill him again oh it's not looking good and God says joy to the world I got a plan and into the midst of your plan now I want you to really like internalize this what is your life plan I don't know well what's tomorrow look like what's today look like what was yesterday it feels like I need something from you, Jesus. And, G and God would say this to you. I got it. I have the solution to your situation. Forgive me for being demonstrative. But I want to get across the point that God says, I, am, I sent my son to you. He has come into this world. I'm going to invite Thomas and uh, Christy to come up. And they're going to light the next candle. It's the candle of joy. But the song we sang earlier, Even So Come, is a perfect song because Advent is a, you can just stand right over here, Advent is a celebration of arrival. It's, a, it's, it's expectation. It's like, oh, come, Lord, come, Lord. When are you coming? But at the same time, it's also waiting. That song said, um, we wait, we wait, we wait for you. And we don't like to wait do we? We don't enjoy waiting. And right into the midst of our waiting, Jesus says, I am coming. Just, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. And now Advent is pointing to the future, but it's also looking to the past. And it's also, and I'm not just saying this to sound good. This is what Advent means. It also is putting a mirror on the present. And it's saying right in your waiting, right in your expectation, I am coming into your situation. I am coming to bring the first one we did, and we're doing it a little unconventional. We're still on the first candle, was the candle of love. Jesus comes in and brings love. Today we're going to talk about how he brings joy. I don't know what you do for a living. Um, I talked to two of my sweet sisters in the room today who are general managers of two separate McDonald's. And... Um, they understand waiting. They understand listening to customers who say, I've waited so long, right? And I can imagine, I told them, I can imagine your lives. They have two of the greatest McDonald's in Colorado Springs. Let's look at them. You know, maybe you've never been to them, but I've been to them. They're the two of the greatest. But they have their days. And just like all of us, I want us all to relate with the McDonald's general manager today. Jesus says, Right in your waiting, right in your frustration with your employees and your customers. Customers, that's how we say it from Jingle All the Way. I don't know if you know that. Customers, you're my number one customer. Jesus would say to you today, 
I'm bringing joy. Would you just bow your heads with me today? And we're not gonna, I'm not going to lead a prayer, but would you just talk to the Lord? Talk to him and say, I'm sorry for what I make of it. I'm sorry for that, like what Lindsay said earlier. I'm sorry for how I try to try to materialize something that you've already materialized, Lord. Would you give up your wants? Would you give up your stress? Would you give up your worry? Would you give up your frustration about work, whatever it is? Say, would you come, Lord? Tell him, come into my situation. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your joy. My brother and my sister, go ahead and share what you got on your heart. I, I don't want to preach your message. There, there's always uh, more to say about joy. So which one, whatever one wants to, is good at lighting candles. It, this one right here. The candle of joy is officially lit in your life. Amen. Good morning. Stephen introduced us a couple minutes ago, but I wanted to make sure that there was no um, misunderstanding or clarification. I'm Thomas. This is Christy. Um, we're happy to um, talk to you this morning about joy. Um, joy is something that we've talked about for um, quite a, lot, a while, and it means a lot in our personal relationship. So first, he totally lights my candle of joy. I know that Thank you, God, for bringing such an amazing man into my life. Um, there recently, if you're friends on Facebook, you know that it's been a hard couple of months for a lot of us, and very much including us. And um, most recently, um, I've had to realign my heart. And I was honestly, I lost my joy. And if we're friends, you know that's one of my main things is I find joy in everything. I mean, honestly, I loved seeing you dance. You got a perfect part in your hair. Tina, I'm so excited for you. That mustard looks amazing. Do you know I sit back there? This is why I don't sit in the back of the church. Because I just think these are these instant joys. You always look amazing, and your shoes look incredible. Instant joy that I see constantly. But there was a moment where, I don't know if you guys saw it, I was getting called to work in the middle of church, and I was getting called to work in the middle of dinner, and I was getting called to work all the time, and I was prioritizing my work and hospitality over not just my relationship with Jesus, but my relationship with my family, and I, w I had lost all of it. I was, I was not happy. I was no longer finding my joy in family, my joy in church, or my joy in um, Jesus, I lost it. I lost it. I wasn't happy. And I took Tom going to extreme measures to just say, Christy, whoa, whoa, realign. I mean, there were times that people saw me sitting in the bathroom. I was, sounds like I was sitting in the bathroom. <laughs> I wasn't sitting in the bathroom. I was sitting in the chairs in the bathroom texting work during church and that was that was not the right place for me to be and I recognize that for me it always seems that joy is a is a word that's that's difficult that if we're not always focused on God and our ultimate purpose 
sometimes we confuse joy and happiness. Um, the material world, when they think of joy, they think of happiness, and then there's a disconnect there. It's, well, I'm not getting what I want. I'm not doing what I want. I'm not experiencing the things that I want. And so now I'm no longer happy. And we got to that point where we just weren't happy, not with much of anything, um, because we had put all of our commitments into other things that, yeah, it, it supported us and it helped us get to day to day, but it really didn't strengthen us in our relationship. And so when we started thinking about it, we thought, well, yes, we, we love our family, um, but one of the biggest parts of our family that has brought us joy is our grandson, um, Daxton. He, he comes with us as often as he can. For the first year and a half, or yeah, about a year and three months of his life, um, he and his mom lived with us, and, and that brought us joy every single day. Um, Christy, I remember her getting up and, you know, before she had to go to work, she'd go in, see him in his crib, you know, say, and, and that joy is something that was, was always there, that it never left. That, the thing with joy is that when we, when we turn away and we not, we're not thinking about, you know, what really matters, we think somehow that, um, joy disappears and, Joy never really disappears. Sometimes we just forget <laughs> where to find it, you know. <laughs> Is it in our drawer? Is it in the car? Is it in our bank account? You know, where did that joy go? And so um, a couple weeks ago, we had Daxton for a few days over the weekend like we typically do, and that's really where um, we have a good, vivid example of how joy is in your everyday circumstances when things may not be going the way that you expect them to. So we were in the middle of what I'm calling our marriage realignment. And it, can we show the picture, the first picture of Daxton? So this is Daxton. He had, it was the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and he had just gotten his COVID shot and a bunch of boosters. And on Thanksgiving, we told his mom, you know what? Let us take care of him. We know he's going to be grumpy. We don't mind. Nothing realigns your brain like the joy of a child, right? So... Daxton, I don't know if you've ever seen him, when he gets grumpy, he walks around like this. And he talks. And he was doing that, and I was just like, oh my gosh, it's been two days of him just kind of grumping and, and not finding any joy. So I put him in the bathtub. You can see he, all of a sudden, there's something magical about bubbles. So I would let the bubbles go down, and then I'd release some of the water, and I'd refill it and put more, more bubbles in, and we'd sing songs. And I don't know if anybody watches TikToks, but there's this TikTok that says, I could have my Gucci on. I could have my Louis Vuitton. And so I was recording that. I was recording that. And he was just like, yeah, playing in the bubbles, throwing them around. And um, you can see that there's some toys in there. His mom would not approve of the toys because they get water in them and they'll mold. But I didn't care. I'll wash them out. <laughs> I didn't tell her that. I also didn't tell her the next part. Can we show the second picture? So you can see he's finding some joy in the bubbles. Um, but then there was some surprise gifts that I didn't put those toys in the water. So he had an upset stomach and he couldn't communicate that. And so I had Louis Vuitton and I was like, what are these toys in the water that we didn't put in here? <gasps> We've been here an hour and there is some floaters. 
And he looked at me and I looked at him and I said, I didn't do that. And he was just like, oh. It was a moment of, I could, if I was a young mom, I would have been like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just let him play with some floaters in a tub. But instead, I was like, you feeling better? You're feeling so good. Let's empty that out and get out of here. But we took the moment of rather than, rather than missing the clear water and the beautiful bubbles and the smell of the bubbles, we decided to celebrate the bubbles rather than the floater. And it took a, an adult moment to say, there's joy in the relief that he found at that moment. So I know there's our joy. I can testify that she was not happy <laughs> during that moment, especially trying to clean it up. And so that's a very distinct difference between being happy about something versus being joyful about being in the moment in the present and realizing that it's not always about us. When we get focused on us personally, that's when we start saying, I'm not happy about this, I'm not happy about that, or I want this and I want that. But joy is something that goes much deeper, that it's, that it's inside, and that it's not always about what we get personally. It's, it's more of what we get to experience, and that even though we try to control everything that we can, those times where we can't and things in life get a little crazy, it's our choice to decide to realign and refocus on what we need to. Um, they got out of the bathtub and they, they danced and, you know, jumped around. His, his stomach was a lot better and, and the day went by well. Um, and it's when things, jumping for joy and, and showing that outwardly, um, when things go right, is, is easy sometimes, right? I mean, when, when things are going right, joy is always there. But we know that in the Bible, we have examples all the time of characters who, even in times where life has not worked out and they look around and, you know, unfortunately, there's some floaters that weren't intended to be there, no matter what, that they had to make a decision. And the person that we looked at and that really does show kind of what we were going through was was Paul. Um, Paul's been mentioned a lot the last couple of weeks and how he still had joy. Um, it wasn't like David dancing in the streets because of a victory. Um, he was in prison and he'd been in prison for a really long time and he could have easily soured. Um, like I know that <laughs> sometimes I can easily do that. But he didn't. He kept his focus on God. And it's ironic that he was writing letters to people saying, hey, continue to be joyful, continue to trust in God regardless of the situation when he himself was the one that probably needed that encouragement, but he was encouraging others. And that tells us that joy, joy is a sacrifice. Joy is something where you're committed um, far more than just what your circumstances are. The Bible, it says that um, joy comes from God and it comes through the Holy Spirit and that no matter where we're at in life, um, 
when we get to the point where we're like, man, I just don't feel the joy. Christy and I have really had our eyes open that the joy is always there. It just sometimes we confuse that and we think that we can control outside factors and and we can't. Um, we need help and the only person that can help us, truly help us, is Jesus. And just like what Stephen had said earlier, you know, Jesus tells us and God tells us that, hey, um, I have you right here in my hand. I know it seems like it's, you're up really high. It, it looks like, you know, you're on the edge. You're, but I have you, and I'm strong enough to keep you safe. You just have to trust. And so with joy, a lot of that is the trusting. And again, going back to Daxton, he trusted us. You know, he does trust us. And, and so we see that same kind of thing. And, and we have committed that we want to be more <laughs> like Daxton is with us, with how we are with God, instead of worrying and, and focusing about how we're going to do this and how we're going to do that. Yes, we're going to have trials, tribulations. We're going to have everything. I'm not sure anybody in here could easily say, hey, things are going well all the time. Um, but we can always say God is with us all the time. Um, Amen. Joy is a big subject, isn't it? Uh-huh. Give them a big hand. Give them a big hand. Can you go ahead and play and come on up, Thomas? Okay, man, let's bro. I'm going to come down here. Uh, we're going to receive our, our tithes and offerings. So ushers, if you could grab those buckets and come forward. Uh, if you have been to our church more longer than a month, you've probably probably heard me say uh, we are blessed to be a blessing to others, right? And I will. That's probably my favorite saying. We are blessed to be a blessing to others. And that comes from Proverbs 11, uh, starting in verse 24. It says, One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. And then in verse 25, A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. You know, ask anyone who is generous. Guys, you can't be a loser with our God-given generosity. And ask anyone who is intentional about being generous and blessing others. They will tell you, I'm living proof of that. Because I, I've seen that fruit as I have given unto others. God has miraculously continued to give to me. You know, because that's biblical. Show everything, every single aspect of our Christian walk has to do with us giving. Name one place in the Bible where it talks about, you know what, you be self-serving today. You be self-fulfilling today you won't find it you know we are called we are not called to love ourselves we're not called to serve ourselves you know love one another serve one another you know guys that giving is is how we serve and how we bless one another you know i'm not i'm not saying any prosperity gospel i'm not saying hey you tithe today you're going to get a mercedes <laughs> the chances of that happening are probably pretty slim but what i'm saying is as you guys give and as you guys bless one another, 
God knows how to fill you back up. And when he blesses you in return, it is intentional and it's meant for us to be better equipped to send that blessing out again. It's like a cycle. It's like a circle. So, Lord, I just thank you for you, God. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us beyond measure, God. And, Lord, I just pray, Lord, as we walk in that, that, that blessing, Lord, that we are intentional and that we are quick to bless others, God. Lord, I pray, you, Lord, that you give us eyes to see the needs around us, Lord, whether that is within this church body or outside of it, God. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that as you have already given us the ability and the resources to, to fulfill those, God, Lord, I just pray, Lord, that we are quick to see those things, God. In your name, amen. Yesterday, I had the opportunity to see this girl do some amazing dance moves and an amazing play. It was wonderful. She's not going to do that today. She's just going to sing for us. But um, this is Grace Alonji. Give her a big hand. Don't be shy. You can't say that about me, but you can say that about her. Beautiful. Come on up, Cena. I have the opportunity to introduce to you one of the most respected, or maybe the re most respected teachers in our church. She does uh, many things around here, and many of you have been a part of her Bible study in the past, and um, just full of wisdom. And I thought it would be so cool to hear from her perspective on joy as it relates to Christmas 
And um, I know it is going to be tough for her because she's so darn smart that she's probably got so much to say. And I said, well, I can, like, if I forget something, I can come up the next week. Uh, today she's got this time. But you just, you just be, you say what you have and then come to her Bible study if you want to hear more about uh, whatever she has to say. <laughs> um, we are so grateful that you are in our church and we call you mama in some ways and um, that's how I feel for you. I don't have a mom here in town and so we appreciate you so, so much. Give it up. Thank Give you. It up. Thank you. Mama. Thank you for Mommy. welcoming me. Um, if for some of you that have never heard my accent, you're going to have a little Brooklyn in the house today. I'm just saying. Uh, so today we're going to speak on joy and I thank everybody that went up uh, ahead of me. Uh, you actually took half my sermon, and so I could just get rid of half of it because that's what I was going to say. But I want to come to a position where you understand how we got to the point where we don't see God's joy in our lives, and how did we get there. So I want to take you back a little bit into history. I love history. Take you back to Genesis of... Um, when the Lord created, and he said, let us make man in our image. Well, that was great, and he did. And man and the earth and the Lord were one. It was a trinity of one. The earth was prepared for man. Man then was able to rule over the earth, and the earth would give back to man. And they were in total communication with the Lord. But something happened in the realm of sin, and we all know the story, so I'm not going to go into that. But once sin came into play, everything changed. The communication between God and man changed, and definitely the communication between man and the earth changed. And we see that it says in Genesis 5 that Adam began to have children in his own likeness, in his own image. So that's us. That's us. Now we are born in the image of Adam, which is not that perfect image that God had planned in the first place when he said, let us make man in our image. So you say, yeah, but, but we're, we know the Lord. We, 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 we are representatives of the Lord. Yeah, you are but you're touched by that first sin. And so in order for us to get back to that situation, we have to maybe work a little harder and get us to the point where we realize the gifts that God gave us in order to get back to that situation. Sometimes in the Psalms, you'll read beautiful scriptures that say how the fields were jubilant and the trees were just had the joy of the Lord and all that. And that was a picture of what it might have been in the garden. However, we don't see that anymore because in Romans it says, even creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to the frustration of the sin. And even creation doesn't work well with man. You guys see that every day. And so man now is frustrated because no matter how hard he tries, things don't go well for us. And now we're in a position of 
not quite understanding where's that communication between us and God. How do I get back there? What do I do? Everything has changed. The whole creation has changed. And now I'm not saying that the Lord doesn't accept what we do and how we work and all those things should be joyful. This is true. It says the Lord your God will bless you in all your harvest and in all your work of your hands and the joy will be complete. And then in First uh, Chronicles it says, also their neighbors came bringing food on donkeys, camels, mules, oxen. They, it was plentiful. The supplies of food was plentiful. So does God want us to prosper? Yes, he does. He wants us to prosper. That joy is earthly. That joy comes from the life that we live. That joy comes from what God has provided. And he expects that we, in turn, as we work and strive, we will accept that joy and we'll go with it. But it's so different, the joy of the Lord, to what we see we've accomplished. We stop somewhere. I could give you all the definitions in Greek, in Hebrew, and in Latin of what joy means, but it's it's kind of broken. It, we don't see the true joy that Adam might have had in the garden with God. We don't see what it was meant to be between man and his, and his God. We've lost that some way, and it is our hope. That's what the Advent candles are, hope and love and joy and then peace. We can't get there without knowing without knowing that original joy that God had set up for us. And so you see that in Luke, that you can have joy within a family, like Christy and her husband was saying, that joy within a family. And you see in Elizabeth, the story of Elizabeth when she said, when Mary showed up, the baby leapt for joy because he heard, he heard that his Savior had walked in the door. And then we all know this one. The angel said to them, but do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people on the earth. How does it cause great joy? But then Jesus. You see, but then Jesus. That was the answer. That was the answer to the fall. That was the answer to creation. Not working in unison with man anymore. But Jesus. That was the answer. And so in Isaiah, it says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. This is Jesus speaking, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. That's the part where it hurts, the broken hearts. That's where we go through every day. All of us here have been through that, the brokenhearted, and to proclaim freedom to the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. Listen, he's not just talking about prisoners in jail. He's talking about us going through the prison of life, going through our depressions, going through our hurts, going through our brokenness. That's what we need release from. But that's what he came from. Then came Jesus. That's what he came from. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And, and on and on. It gives the, to bestow on them a crown of beauty. A crown of beauty to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. 
to bestow on them that crown of beauty instead of ashes. You know, in the Old Testament, when someone died, the mourning was to take the ashes from the fireplace and throw it on your head. And so it would, it would run down. And so people would know that you were in mourning and your clothes had ashes on it. It was a way of showing that you were mourning. And it says here that, that instead of ashes, he's going to give you the joy, the oil of joy instead of mourning. And they would use that oil. They would pour it on their head and it would come right down on their beards and down their clothes and all the way down. And people would say, that person has the joy of the Lord. That person has seen clearly through their brokenness to what the Lord has presented for them and to give them the garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. There are people in here that have walked for the last few years through some difficult, difficult times, through some times that have just broken their heart, through some times that have just broken relationships. And my issue here is, as we're getting to the end of the year, you're sitting there worrying about paying those end-of-the-year bills. You're sitting there paying, trying to figure out how the job situation is going to go for you in the new year. The Lord is waiting to put out his joy, to put out what you have missed. Where, where does that come from? How do I find it? Show me how to find it. Then came Jesus. That's the only way you're going to find it. So you're going to find it in the love of God. In John 15, it says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. You're not alone in this. God sent Jesus with all his love, put Jesus on the earth as a man, me and you, walking just like Jesus did, but Jesus had the love of the Father. And what we're saying right now is what Jesus said. So I have loved you with that same love. Now remain in me, in my love. And if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept the Father's commands. So how do I give that back? The love comes down through the Father to Jesus. And he has poured it all out on us. And then I, in turn, pour it out on those around me. Well, you say, but I'm having a bad year. I can't do that. I don't, I don't need to love anybody else. Let them go find love somewhere else. And he's saying, no, if you don't do that, you won't find my joy. You won't find my love. You won't live and dwell within the joy that Adam had as he communed every day in the garden. And so the whole idea is that this is what we have, the love of the Lord. If we cannot feel that love each and every day, then you are striving in the wrong avenue. You are not where you're supposed to be in the spirit. Align yourself with the Holy Spirit and say, I don't have that joy. Bring it back. Bring me back to where I can feel that every day because all my striving won't get me anywhere. All the work that I've done is not going to accomplish anything if I don't feel the love of Jesus every day. And there are people that can't feel that love because they're so bogged. They're, they're prisoners. They're prisoners. They're held in the darkness. And they, they want to be out. Nobody wants to be unhappy every day. Nobody wants to be unhappy. The trouble is that we're not seeking the joy of the Lord. As Thomas says, you know what? 
We're seeking happiness. And there's your downfall. Happiness doesn't last. We'll see at the end. I have a breakdown on happiness. Happiness is not what God wants you. Healthy, wealthy, and wise, that's a motto. That doesn't work in the Lord. That, he never said that. That's not where it, you find your joy. You don't find your joy in that. Wis, true wisdom comes from the Lord. That's it. And your wealth, your wealth is in that passion you have for the other people. It won't be in a bank account. It won't ever work for you if you're looking towards that bank account. You need to see it in how you treat others and how people treat you back. And you know what? Sometimes they don't treat you good. It doesn't matter. You're going to put out what the Lord Jesus brought, and you're going to see how it works afterwards. Now, I am not saying that life is going to be wonderful. That's not what I'm saying at all. I am clearly seeing with my eyes and hearing with my ears what we have all gone through and what other people go through. There's sicknesses. There's uh, financial problems. There's marriages that are in trouble. But I give you Hebrews 12, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith for the joy set before him. You know what that joy was? It was the cross. We don't want to hear that. Don't tell me it's going to get worse. Okay, that's the bad news for today. It might get worse. But for the joy set before him, he went. He endured the cross, scorning the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the Father. You are never going to sit at the right hand of the Father if you are not accepting all of it. It all comes from the Father. And you don't want to hear that. Don't tell me the Father sent bad stuff. The Father has put you in a position where there's a plan. That plan, then came Jesus. He fulfilled the plan, and it wasn't good. And you say, well, I don't want to hear that. What? Come on. Being a Christian, I want to be happy. Just, just give me the happy stuff. Don't give me the bad news. Well, I'm sorry to say the reality is that there is bad news. The reality is that we strive every day for the good stuff, and sometimes it doesn't come. And in the scriptures, you will see over and over that joy of salvation. Jesus tells the story of how the salvation came. It's like a seed. And the seed that fell on the rocky ground or on the thorns, it had joy in the beginning. It took root. But then when the, when the troubles from, from the world and things around it, 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 it shriveled up. And God is saying, don't shrivel up. Open your heart, open your eyes, open your ears. I'm right here. Don't shrivel up. It won't work for you because then the plant doesn't survive. And I want you to survive. And I want you to survive in the midst of the thorns. I want you to survive. I want that joy of salvation to come even though it doesn't look good every day. Joy and hardship. In John 16, it says, very truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn, but the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will, will turn to joy. And he uses the example of a woman given birth. It's heavy-duty work. But then when that baby comes, just like our brother and sister was saying, when that baby comes, you don't care what he does. He's so cute. Even when he's not cute, he's cute. I had six of them. They're always cute. Well, not always, but they're cute. And that'll get you through to the next day. And, that, and that's what 
the Lord Jesus is saying, it's not always going to be fun. That woman had bring that childbirth, uh, uh, that baby in through childbirth. That's not fun. I can attest to that. It's not fun. But at the end, you're holding that baby. You know it's a gift from God. That's through joy. That's the joy that comes from within. That's the joy that you can't manufacture. You can't go buy it at the store. You cannot go buy it. And all your striving isn't going to get you there. All your hard work is not going to get you there. Only the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit walking with you every day is going to get you there. If you're grumpy, if you're a Scrooge, that's you. That's you. No humbug. No humbug allowed for this season. Lindsay, no humbug. That's it. It's over. No more humbug. Because whether the tree is up, whether the lights fell down, whether the kids are dressed correctly, whether they're fighting, then came Jesus. And you know what? He came regardless of what went on at your house. He came regardless of what job you have or you don't have. He came. And it's your job to keep him with you. Because you know what? He never leaves. And if you don't feel him, it's you. It's you who have walked away. You have left him here someplace, and you've come over here on this side, and you're, well, where is he? Where's, where's God? He was supposed to get me through this. Where is he? And I know I have lots of wonderful brothers and sisters here that have gone through some horror. You're in sickness situations. You're in financial situations. He's there. He's there. Our prayers, they're there for you. But you know what? Every day you've got to get up, and you have that stamina. Then came Jesus. And that's what you need to do every day. If Jesus came for me, then I need to come for him. And, I, and, and all those scriptures, I have a bunch of scriptures, but I won't go, go to them. But in the beginning, when the apostles would go preach, they preached in the middle of hardship. And they preached to people that were being persecuted. And they were expecting the joy of the Lord to come in the midst of that persecution. Who were they talking to? Who were they talking to? We think because we could get up and go to church and read our Bibles and watch podcasts and do all this teaching that we've got it all together. These people had to strive. They had to strive to hear the word. They had to strive to meet together. They, they had to go underground. I know we're underground. But this is the blessing. You're underground already. So this is the blessing. This is how it works. This is how it works. If you're trying to make it between happy and the joy of the Lord, it won't work. We have a little uh, diagram here on the uh, joy and the happy. Can you put that up, please? So joy is a little word. Happiness is a bigger word. So I'm going to go with happiness, right? No, don't do it. Joy is in the heart. Yep, it is. Happiness is just on your face. How long is that going to last? People are always making fun of me. Mom, what's the matter with your face? This is the only face I have. Okay. Joy is of the soul. Happiness is for a moment. Joy transcends. Happiness merely reacts. Joy embraces peace and contentment, waiting to be discovered. Things hoped for but unseen. If you see it already, then you're not hoping. It's here already. 
things hoped for but unseen. Joy runs deep and overflows, and happiness merely just gives you a hug. Hi, hello. Joy is a practice and a behavior. Remember what I said. You did it today, you got to do it tomorrow. It won't come back tomorrow unless you work at it. Joy is deliberate and intel in intentional. Happiness comes and goes, goes along its way. I was happy yesterday, but now I'm not so sure today. Joy is profound and scriptural. Don't worry, rejoice. It's a command. You have to choose to do it. Get up. Get up and rejoice. No, you don't know what I'm going through. Happiness is a bomb. It just covers a little bit. Don't worry. Be happy. Joy is an inner feeling. Happiness is an outward expression. Joy endures hardships and trials and connects with meaning and purpose. A person pursues happiness, but your choice should be joy. Your choice should be joy. And I'm going to give you a little uh, background on me. I know a couple of weeks ago you guys prayed for me. I was in the hospital with a uh, rhythm situation, an electrical situation with my heart. And um, so I thank you for that. But I, uh, I'm going to ask you again. This Friday I go in for surgery. They feel that the arrhythmia is a little bit out of control and I won't be safe without some mechanical help. So on my way to becoming a robot, they are going to put in a defibrillator on Friday. What fun. Okay, so I won't have to cook for Christmas. That's the only good part. So on Friday at 12 noon when you're having lunch, remember that possibly uh, I could use a little prayer. And uh, the recoup is a long time, so um, I'm... I'm going to hold off Bible study to like February to start, start up my Bible study again. But I feel a little bit like Paul when he said, well, you know, to stay is, uh, to go home with the Lord is gain. But if I stay, uh, it's a benefit for you guys. I get to preach. I get to teach a little more, write another Bible study, whatever. So that's how I feel right now. So yes, is it scary? Boy, is it scary. I have, I have <laughs> literally had to search far and wide for joy these last few weeks. But I am blessed that God's in charge and whatever the circumstance, what's the worst that could happen? The kids have to clean out the closets if I'm gone. Look, whatever. So I just want to close in prayer because, because um, I want you to know that regardless, I don't have it all together. I don't expect all of you to have it all together. But that's why we're one in the body. We pray for each other. We lift each other up. Those are the things that are going to make it through to the next step. So I might be out of commission for a while. I may not see you for Christmas. So have a wonderful Christmas. I love you all. God bless. And then in the name of Jesus, I ask a blessing on this congregation, Lord God, on their families, on the visitors they're going to have for the holidays, Lord God, on the children that you have given them. Lord God, I pray for joy. Yes. I pray for joy yes. in the midst of everything Hallelujah. because I know that then came Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. If we could, we're going to sing What a Beautiful Name. Thank you, my sister.
Thank you, thank you, thank you. I feel like when you teach, it's like bathing in the word of God. Like, like um, you know, you got all your, no, I was going to say crud going on in your life. I was trying to think of a nice word for it. And, um, and you need the Bible to bathe you, to clean you out, to remind you to cleanse, like get rid of those thoughts and let let the uh, word of God just kind of over just clean those out, and let Jesus say to you, "I have come. I am uh, as He said that day when He opened up the Scripture um, to uh, proclaim freedom to the captive, and that's what He wants to do to you today." I'm gonna uh, warn you that you're all going to end the service uh, in the first three rows. You're gonna be standing right here. I'm gonna have you do that whether you want to or not, because you know I feel that we need is everyone here needs to be bathed in the word of God. Everyone here needs to have a new helping of the garment of praise. Every one of us needs to uh, trade in our ashes. Today, you could be the most joyful person here, but I'm going to tell you, um, maybe I am the one, and I still need to trade in my ashes and get the oil of, of joy. And I have buckets of joy I'm going to pour on all of you, and it's going to be figurative. You're, you're welcome for your, for your outfits today. But that's going to happen in just one second. Um, if you're here in the room and you have a need of prayer today, um, we're going to pray for Sina, and we're going to also pray for anyone else that has a need in your heart. Would you... Uh, uh, physical need. Um, could you just stand your feet? And I'm going to warn you now, Nana, you're going to pray for them, okay? Um, thank you for coming. We have some legends in the house today. And you're back uh, from your world travels. Now you just stay right here, okay? Stay right here. Um, come on up, Nana. Uh, would you uh, pray for anyone in the room that needs prayer for a, a physical ailment? Uh, just a quick prayer. And I know yeah, sometimes... Uh, I don't know if anyone has said this to you, but you might be small, but you are mighty in the kingdom, and, and your your prayer can even be small. We don't have a lot of time, but you 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 can be mighty too. So anyone else, stand up, stand to your feet. If you need prayer in your body for something, give it to us, girl. Lord, I just thank you for your people. I thank you. Your body is precious, and this organ right here is powerful and precious, and you hold us tight. And I thank you for this. A woman of God preaching to us, and Lord, just touch her life, her her heart. We pray you would heal her. Everything is good. She lives to the full measure of the days you want. And everybody, whoever is standing, and even if we're not standing, most of us have something wrong with us. We pray for you to put your hand on our head, on our part of our body that needs it, and we just receive. You are our life. Your blood covers us. And Lord, you said there's healing in the blood. We apply your blood to us. And that God, we go forth and we're just going to keep receiving every day, every hour. And we're going to run the race with, faith, uh, with, with, with joy. We're going to run the race with joy. You are our joy. And you're going to have your word in our tongue. And we're going to have a, a word to those who are weary. We're going to have a word, all of us. We're going to witness this week. Thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name. Everybody stand to your feet. We're going to sing this song. Can we do this song with it? You guys are okay to do uh, What a Beautiful Name. And um, 
And as we're singing, I'm going to invite you all just to come up to the front. And what you're doing by taking this step of faith is saying, I need more joy in my life. And you, if you don't need any more joy, then um, we need you to preach next. But we all do. So just come on up to the front. The farthest back you can be is the fourth row. The rest, so that you'll have to, if you're one of those like that likes to be in the back, you can come to the fourth row. But you need this whole area, this whole area. Come on up. And we're going to sing this together, and you can close your eyes and sing, or you can open your eyes and ask Jesus for joy. But go ahead, lead us, because it's only you through Jesus. Through Jesus. Hallelujah. You're one with God, the Lord most high. Don't be shy. You're hidden glory in creation. Now What a beautiful name. When Jesus came, joy came. Ask him. Ask him. Jesus, I need more of you. I need more of you. What a beautiful name. Would you lift your hands if you feel comfortable and say, Jesus, I need more of you. More of you. More of you. Jesus, you brought heaven down. Oh, my sin was great. My sin was great. Your love was greater. And what could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The One more time, sing it strong. What a wonderful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. I like what um, our sister said. She said it. She looked at the eyes of all of us, and she looked in my eyes. I don't know if she looked in others, and she said, um, if you're having trouble finding joy, it comes through Jesus, right? And um, it's not that Jesus left. Jesus didn't go anywhere. You, you left Jesus, right? Where's my joy at? Well, come back to Jesus, right? Come back to Jesus. We make this commitment, and you just kind of lift your hands before you and say, Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. We all need to do that, right? I'm sorry for my sins. Please forgive me for walking away from you. Today... December 11th, as we celebrate joy, I come to you and I say, you have my whole life. Let this Christmas be about you and me seeking you and me longing for you and me waiting for you and me expecting you. We love you. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Today, I want you. I invite you to, uh, you can leave when you want to, but please stay around just for a few minutes and say hello to those around you. There is nothing more important than family at this church. We, that's part of your, uh, 
getting close to God is getting close to each other. That's how you do it. So um, stay around it for a little bit. Have some more food and uh, enjoy yourself. God bless you. If you're coming to the progressive dinner tonight and you're confused where you're supposed to go first, see um, Thomas Christian, Cynthia Stephen, or um, just ask anyone. They probably know the first house, okay? The first house is ours. If you're signed up, we'll see you there at 4 o'clock. <laughs>